Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 611 of Float Wrestling Radio Live. I'm Kyle Brackey, joined by just Ben Askren today. There is uh Mageddon here in Austin, Texas. Um we have weather like they haven't seen in like 70 years. We got six inches of snow on the ground. It's seven degrees outside. There's ice everywhere. When's the last time it was um, seven degrees in Texas, Kyle? Because I'll tell you the last time it was seven degrees in Wisconsin was here yesterday. No big deal. <laughs> I really don't know. I think it's seriously like 70 years. Um, <clears throat> when was the last time there was that much snow? Because I saw pictures of uh, the windmills also. you guys, You guys are in trouble down there. We're in trouble. I don't. I don't know. Last time there was this much show, especially in Austin, um, they have no idea how to handle it. They were canceling things and closing things like two and three days in advance when there was still nothing on the ground. Uh, it was pretty insane. People, are, people are losing their minds. Um, so I'm doing this remote today, uh, just because. Well, like there's still a number of flow people that don't have power, like producer Tyler, who's usually. The man on this show doesn't have power going on 24 so hours. How how cold is his house? Because by this point, it's got to be da- pretty damn cold. I remember one winter in my, uh, my old house, the um, – uh, oh, my gosh, what heats the house, Kyle? I'm blanking. Furnace. <laughs> the furnace went out. Thank you. The furnace went out at like 10 p.m., you know, and it was like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just wait till the morning to get somebody because it's just too late now. And, you know, no one opened doors or windows or anything. And by the morning, it went from like 70 to like 59 or something like that. You know, so if one whole 24 hours without any power, um, dude, that would get cold. So, I mean, my man, Tyler, he's probably layered up by now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Hopefully, things can return to normal here soon. CP went, went back to Virginia for uh, a little family weekend and they got stuck in uh dc and i think they're being crazy people and trying to drive home um so godspeed to them half of our half of our crew is stuck in iowa bader uh oh they were at the uh, captain's cup jd yeah they went to captain's cup they're stranded in iowa until likely <laughs> For real? at least yeah ben dude they're they're 
their flight out on Monday got canceled. <laughs> then their flight out on Tuesday got canceled. Like they're not getting back till tomorrow. Like probably at the early. So does uh like Austin uh airport at Houston airport? Do they just not have snow plows, or or what is the problem? Is that the problem? I'm sh- I'm sure they probably don't. Yeah, like they don't have snow plows, so they literally have to wait till the snow melts to get planes in again or something. Well, I'm j- I, I imagine that they someone has probably given them snow plows since then but i don't know i don't think they were ready for this where were they driving them in for they're driving them in from albuquerque or something i don't know i don't know i don't know how any of this works but i can't imagine that they keep snow trucks in austin or houston just ready to go just in yeah. case because it doesn't happen um huh. so yeah this part of the country is not not ready for this um yeah pile's driving but, 20 hours oh man guys seriously god bless him i mean he only has two kids i have three <laughs> and they're a little older 20 hours in a car oof, that, that would be uh brutal especially since he's driving through part of the country that got snow too it's not like uh from here to dc didn't get snow or ice so hopefully they're all good and, and get back safely but i think they just didn't want to sit in dc and uh be bored out of their minds and just wait so Jeez. let's get into it, Ben. You wanna you wanted to start with allocations? Yeah, and I, I wasn't uh I mean you uh you probably are more passionate about how um <laughs> dumb this is than I was when you started going off on text yesterday and then obviously I, I looked into it and I read it. And I, I mean the biggest thing to me is is like why don't we just fix it? It's it seems to be that the problems are relatively obvious. Um, you're going to outline them here. Uh, and then you're bring up some other numbers that is outlined by some other people. And it looks like this is so obvious. Why don't we just change it? And if nothing else, if nothing else, the IW situation should be fixed. Just deduct some qualifiers because they have four teams not competing and then put those yep. in the wild cards. And then it's kind of good. Yeah. And so, um, and, and of course, it was a typical Thursday news dump um, right after FRL. A few hours after FRL, the allocations came out. And at first, it seemed fine. You know, I, I was just – I got them up on the site for, for us. And then it was like, oh, crap. Like, these are messed up. <clears throat> and the EIWA <laughs> one is the one that, that really stands out um, because you look at – you compare – so what they did to determine allocations, I'll back up there. Since we didn't have a full season um, – yes. You did. You weren't wrestling from November on or anything like that, so it's hard to determine a wrestler's body of work. So they took an average of the past five years of what each conference got at each weight. So in so, the ACC, Kyle, this was point, actually how they used to do it. Also, if you remember correctly, yes, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they mm-hmm. when I was wrestling. Uh, and I don't recall when it switched to the system that they have now, but it, the system they have now is significantly more fair. Um, and there was no like world, there was no nationwide wild cards. There was just your conference right. is this many. So like Big Twelve, for example, when I was in, it was top three plus, you know, between five and seven wild cards. And the coaches would have a coaches meeting, which I've often heard was hilarious because they would just go to war over who got the wild cards. Um, that is and, and absolutely so- wild. I know you guys listen. I think from some of what I heard, if Flo would have like live streamed the coaches' meetings that determine the wild cards, that would have been like the best ratings you guys ever got in your life. 
Yeah, I can only imagine the backroom deals going on with that too. Hey, you 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 take care of our guy here. We'll take care of you, and that you know. Yeah, I mean that's so. So you got you know you have literally in a meeting Brian Smith, Bobby Douglas, John Smith, Mark Manning, and Jack Spates is going to war over who's getting the wild cards. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? No, that's that's absolutely incredible. I mean, <clears throat> think of like the Big Ten now. You know. <laughs> Kale Sanderson, mm -hmm. Tom Brands, and Tom Ryan, uh, just yeah, <laughs> going to war. It would be, be great. Um, it would be great. So they took an average of the past five seasons of what each conference got each way. So if the ACC yeah. averaged three at one twenty-five over the past five years, they got three this year. Um, but one thing that became abundantly clear when looking at these is that they did not factor in teams not competing this year or really fairly um factor in team switching conferences so the yeah. eiwa last year got 44 it's kind of a big deal kyle kind of a big this deal. Is, yeah this is a this is ahead of time like going into the conference tournament they had 44 automatic bids this year they got 45 with their best teams not competing no Cornell, no Princeton, uh, who are the top two teams, uh, would have been the top two teams in that conference. And then um, no Columbia, no Penn, no Harvard as well. And and those teams. I mean, that's, that's five teams. But so here's the, here's the deal. Between those five teams, it will be relatively easy to average out their national qualifiers over the past five years and just deduct them. I mean, it's, it's yeah, really that Yeah, or you just simple. look at – yeah, or you just look at how many uh, allocations wrestlers from those teams earned, and you pull those out of your numbers. I, I, yeah, and you knew you were going to do it this way from the beginning of the season. So don't tell me you didn't have time to do it because you did. You this you, was Kyle. You got time to do it right now. I could do that math in thirty minutes yeah. after this show if you want. Myself, I mean, and right. that's me looking up brackets manually, writing numbers down on a piece of paper, and then going this minus this equals this. It's not hard. Correct. So the NWA goes from 44 last year when they had all their teams to 45 this year when they're missing like five of their better teams. Um, so they, I mean, they have way too many. Um, and if you look at Kyle, if we can go ahead and pull this up, um, Seen Hall Pyra, who, who's really good at this stuff, did this. So, uh, hold, um, on, hold on, Kyle. Jason Bryant said six Ivies plus F. Which Ivy are we missing? Harvard, Columbia, Brown, Princeton, Columbia. Brown, Brown uh, was the one Brown. we missed when we were listing them off. Miss Brown, Brown, Miss Brown was. Okay, so they're probably the worst yeah, one, but and, they, they, have a, they have a handful of good guys every once in a while. Yes, and I forgot about Franklin and Marshall too. So thank you, JB, because they are in the EIWA as well. Um, so that's got to be so half. Look at, that's got to be half. Half of their schools. They right. have fifteen, right? Right. Yeah, I think Gee. maybe more because they added Long Island. Anyways. <clears throat> Um, you look at like this and he, the way pirate did these numbers is he didn't factor in any wild cards. This would be if there were no wild cards and you just looked at the coaches rankings. So you can, but it gives you a good idea to determine like what conferences kind of got the short end of the stick. And the big 12 went from 54 pre allocations last year to 45 this year. And they're arguably a tougher conference. So you really feel like they kind of got they kind of got screwed. 
the Big Ten was pretty much right on. I know it says they're under-allocated on, on Pirates thing, but they're pretty much right on. They were only three off from the year before. And the MAC, man, the MAC, they acted like the EWL didn't exist. The EWL numbers went nowhere um, because the mm-hmm. MAC absorbed the EWL last year, but they didn't do anything with the allocations that the EWL still- earned the past four years. But uh, see, now Pirates still says the MAC is over-allocated. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's. I guess. Does that mean they're really bad this rankings. year? Because they have all of their people competing. They have all their teams competing. Oh wait, I I would know. Wasn't wasn't you and I in the MAC? They, they were. were, and they got credit. They got credit for you and I the years so that, they were in the MAC, but the Big Twelve yeah. did not get credit for them. Sure. So I mean, that's probably a good reason why the MAC is over allocated because you think that you know over the past five years. Uh, or when you and I was in the MAC, they probably averaged what six to eight national qualifiers, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's not. It's not a. It's not only a couple. Um, sure. So that's interesting. The but MAC I also, is... I also get the. I also get the max coach's point, and I think why they're showing that they're under under allocated is they don't have a lot of guys in the coaches' rankings. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with they've had to mainly wrestle each other. They haven't had a lot of out-of-conference stuff. You know, they haven't had the Opens and the Scuffles and the CKLVs and the Midlands to get wins over these guys to put themselves on the map. Yeah. Um, so I get I get their point, though, that, I mean, the EWL was probably getting between, I mean, I, don't, I, I really don't think there was a weight getting more than two. Maybe there was one a year that got more than two. So you're yeah. only really adding one, maybe two allocations to each weight. but when you're a, a Mac school, I I went to a Mac school. I understood how important it was getting the guys to the national tournament. That's a big deal. And if you have an extra spot at the tournament, that's that's really important. So, um, and Kyle, if you if you go ahead and pull up um, Mark Branch's tweet here, and he got um, he got into it a little bit on Twitter, just about the, how the allocations were broken down. And then you saw Keith Ferrara, the coach at Clarion, and Daniel Lutt, the coach at Gardner Webb. Um, talk with him a little bit about that uh so if we can go ahead and pull that up kyle um but coach branch i thought did a good job voicing his concern um let me see i'll read it i see you want me to read it i lost it yeah yeah go ahead sorry i lost i want to see how all the conferences came out on the ncaa wrestling allocations versus rankings used Histor- using historical data, just curious. Big 12, 45 slots and 70 ranked. Oh, geez. Was it taken into account <laughs> teams moving conference over the last five years, teams not competing this year? Interesting. So he, yeah, he makes a very valid point. And Kyle, to my point earlier, this does not take a huge brain to fix this issue. You just pull out the ones that aren't competing. You put those in the wild cards. You call it a day. And now, right, they're they're not gonna have that many auto qualifiers in their in their conference. But if you have nine wild cards per weight, generally speaking, the guys who deserve the wild cards are gonna get the wild cards. So I think this is very, very easily solvable. Um, and it's not even gonna take that much time or effort. And the IWA schools, they can't get pissed and say, Well, our historical data is off. No, no, no. You only no. have so 10 out of 17 teams are competing. You can't get mad at that. Come on, man. No, you know, you can't. Um, and you saw Clarion's coach Keith Ferrara reply to Mark Branch say they're going to have to re-release it. 
so he wants he wants them he wants them to fix it um and i, I mean saw, who, I who, wouldn't, who wouldn't want them to fix this yeah I, I think you i think you need to you you need a more i mean this deter this is massive this year in determining obviously it's massive every year but it's even more yeah. important this year when wrestlers have less bodies of work um to put on display to even earn a wild card and i know there are more wild cards per weight usually there's three to four this year there's six to seven at each weight um yeah but still it there's going to be more people needing a wild card um so i man this is this is a mess <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. no i mean um yeah when, when you look at the eiwa's thing um and I'm not trying to crap on him, but like, you know, Sacred Heart's generally not very good. Long Island's generally not very good. Um, and and you look at some of the other programs, I mean, Army's going to have a handful of national qualifiers, probably. Hofstra's getting a little better. Lehigh will be pretty good. Navy will be pretty good. But man, they 45 for 10 schools, that means half of the guys from those schools are qualifying. And I don't want to say they don't deserve it, but that's kind of what it is with them getting the extra allocations. No, I think I think you're spot on because you're going to see some some guys in the tournament from the EWA that probably don't have the same kind of resume, weren't wrestling the same caliber guys, don't have the same caliber wins as a Big Twelve or a Big Ten guy that could be sitting at home. Um, and I think the goal of the tournament is to get the 33 best wrestlers at each weight um yes not not just try to have as many schools represented as possible um but yeah let, let's hope they do re-release this i don't have any confidence that they're going to um because right. they, they have not shown to be the most confident organization in the world uh despite the backlash so don't keep your breath don't hold your breath there um but i, I hope they do get it fixed because i don't think it's right i think it's wrong and uh, I think we well, I mean, the, the positive about this, I would say, is that you know, the IW co I coach are sitting there, like you know, trying not to say anything, but all the other coaches should be united in this, and, and therefore, it's not even like a 50 50 or everyone versus the Big Ten or anything like that. You know, it's pretty much all of them saying, Come on, guys, this is this is ridiculous, <laughs> let's fix this, right? And I feel like that that should be an impetus to get it done. So I would actually kind of be shocked. Um, you know, when when you said it last night, I didn't think about it. Now when we talk through it, it's like I would be shocked if this doesn't get changed because it's it is just it's absurd. Yeah, yeah. It when you have seven teams not competing and they earned a big chunk of those allocations, you you need to fix something and make it fair. You know, they're using it in yeah. inaccurate data. Um, yes. I mean, the other thing that I never understood about the five-year thing, five-year window, when I was there, is that a five-year window is so large. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that can happen, heck, happen over the course of five years. And so it's like, why do we need the window to be that big? And I guess you'd say for the, you know, maybe there's one year team gets a bump or something, but I would prefer like a two to three year window. If you're going to use historical data, a two to three year window is significantly more accurate than a five, five year window because so much can change in five years to still be counting data that happened five years ago. This, this just doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm right there with you. And like, 
you look at the trajectory of the Big 12, um, it's gone up and up and up and up. In the past two, three years is going to be more accurate than it was five years ago. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, well, I would say the a- ACC also. I mean, Keith Gavin wasn't the coach at Pitt. Was Pop the coach five years ago at NC State? I don't think so. It was um, close. Five he might have been five. his first year, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, North and, Carolina uh, wasn't Coleman. what it is now. Right. right. So the the ACC, for example, has changed significantly in the last five years. So to be thinking, you know, what Pitt was before Keith Gavin got there is not an accurate reflection of what Pitt is now. So, yeah, the, the five-year window is right. dumb. Uh, thankfully, we probably won't ever have to deal with that again. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, thank God. All thank right. God. I think I think we uh... – Beat that topic into the ground. Just change it. Just fix it. Just fix it. Just fix it. It's easy. Just fix it. It's a, it literally. I could do it with a pen and a paper in thirty minutes. NCA, you guys can do it. You guys got guys on staff. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Aaron Sweezy put a good comment in the in the Facebook chat. He said Big Ten only wrestling Big Ten this year. How much is that affecting other conferences that rely on those big matches? I'm not sure the other Huge. conferences rely on it, but it definitely impacts it big time. Um, not getting uh, the the Big Twelve, the ACC, the uh, the MAC, not getting a chance to host these or to duel these teams or see them in any kind of tournament format setting hurts them big time. Not getting a chance to pick up quality wins, um, guys that are in the coaches' rankings or guys that are in the top ten or All Americans or anything, it's it's massive. Um, and, yeah, and hurts I mean, that's, other that's conferences more was- than the Big Ten. I was thinking about um, well, 174 pounds. I think the top five are Big Ten: um, Cameron Labriola. Oh, so you guys, I guess Demetrius Romero is now snuck in there. But if you take Demetrius Romero out, six of the top seven are Big Ten, and so it's like yep. for someone else to sneak up into that top ten, dude. That's that's hard because you don't get to wrestle anyone up there, so it's hard to move up into that echelon without competing against those guys yep yep you're totally right and usually you they would get a chance to see those guys a lot of them at midlands um mm-hmm. the big 10 is usually CKLV. all the schools are cklv scuffle um the big 10s usually all those schools are usually pretty aggressive in their scheduling they wrestle a healthy non-conference dual schedule um so yeah, yeah it, it really hurts <clears throat> okay um Let's. Yeah, where do you want to go now, Ben? You want to? There's. Well, uh, I think, I think drama in Penn State, Michigan. ACC. Okay, Penn State, Michigan. Or Cowboy Challenge Finals. This. Let's do Penn State, Michigan first. But the Cowboy Challenge yeah. Finals. There's a lot of talk about there. That was actually a really good tournament. Um, best tournament of the year, actually. Some would say. <laughs> Penn State, Michigan. That was the kind of Penn State team. I think. I, I expected yeah. to see this year. Um, I think you agree there. And I don't know. Does this change your opinion? Do you think Penn State has any chance now against Iowa? I know we wrote them off on, I think, Thursday's no. show. Said they were they were done. They were finished. Uh, did that change they, your they opinion are, at all? No. And this was, their best, I think, their best performance of the year for sure. But when you look at their lineup, it's still – we're talking NCAA points, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're not going to get a whole bunch of production out of Neville's Beard, Lee, uh, Jolie, not Nick, 
um, or 49 mm-hmm. who they, you know they've rotated starters through there. And I think that Robbie Howard was positive, right? Jack Medley, mm-hmm. a tough customer there. But Jack Medley is also not a top 10, 12 guy. So right. um, I don't know. It, it helps, but it doesn't help that much, I guess. Yeah, and then and you you saw they went from from six to three in the tournament rankings because I think Bergie's win moved him into low AA status. Uh, Howard moved into the rankings. Starocki moved Bergie up a nine, few. But not quite. Uh, okay. Money. Okay. Um, and then Starocki moved up a few podium positions. So you know they they move up at those weights. Um, it definitely made their team stronger. I'm really interested to see Robbie Howard against Malik Heinzelman this weekend. Um, that will be a really good test for him because Malik has been awesome this year. And if he can win that, it shows he's a top 12 guy. Um, and then Big Ten Big Ten tournament will be really interesting. I think uh, RBY looked really good. Nick Lee did his thing. No, hold on. Hey, let, me, let me ask you about this, though, when we get into those. Um Christian commented something like Michigan was, you know, he, they wanted to flip there because they thought maybe they could win both weights. Um, which I, I does this mean Mitchick's coming back? Because he, here's what here's what I'm thinking this. Why would you have both Ragason and Medley capable of making 25? Because because the weight, you know, weight descent plan, which is really stupid, you have to yeah. keep them low. Why would you have them both right. capable of making 125 if one of them was permanently at 33? Is that, does that I, make I, you I the think same they thing? absolutely I think Meech is absolutely planning on coming back and that's it. Okay. And that that's everything we've been told by Michigan. You know, they, they we were told last week he could possibly wrestle this weekend. It, it they were leaning towards probably not, but we were told he might wrestle this weekend. Um and I think that's why one of those guys just hasn't just gone 33. It's because they expect him to wrestle this year. Um, yes. I, so, I, I thought they went with Medley at 25 because they thought they could win that with Medley. And then okay. I'm not, I don't, I don't know if they actually, I mean, they're going to tell you they thought they could win 33, but I think they thought Ragason had a better opportunity to not get majored than Medley did against RBY. And he yeah, did that. I, I mean, mean, he almost did. He, he, it was close. Yeah, I mean, both of them are giving up weight to RBY, and then RBY is just better. So the notion right. that one of those guys was going to beat him, I mean, yeah, if you're on that team, maybe you 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 back your guy. But from an outsider looking in, um, I yeah, I don't feel like either one of those guys was going to beat RBY. So Do you I mean, think- uh, I'm go ahead. Hold on. A decision versus non-major. That's a one-point save. But if you could right. have gotten the for sure win, um, then you actually went you go five five with them because you you went four five. You win the duel, um, Ben. You win the duel. Oh, I didn't even do the math, but yeah, they win the duel. So I don't know why. I think that you was win a bad the duel move. by one point. Yeah, I think that was a bad move. I, I don't I don't really know why they did that. Um, well, I guess I thought Penn State. I thought Penn State had a couple other bonus points, but I guess not. Damn. No, no bonus point no wins. And our man John Kozak, I think he had the stat that that was like the first duel since 2016 he could find with no bonus point wins for Penn State. Really? 
Yes. So Kozak thinks Ragusan's cutting too much for 25. That That's an interesting thought, and uh, that could definitely be correct. I don't know that to be. It could sure, be. But, yeah. he, he He's tall and lanky. I don't either. Um, he is tall and lanky. Man, I think that if he I, – I would favor him against Robbie Howard. And, I mean, especially after watching yes. Medley nearly chase Howard down. Um, yes. I think if he wins there, and then there was one other, there was one other uh, strategy m- move that maybe I would have made differently. <clears throat> oh, what's that? And I'm not trying to question. I'm not trying to question Chris Bormack. He's a Michigan man. He's much smarter than me and knows a lot more about wrestling than me. I'm, I'm armchair. I'm Come armchair on. quarterbacking it. Spit it out. We'll looking back done. on it, the Staraki Massa match. Massa goes into the third period, 0-0. Massa has 105 of riding time. Um, we've seen Staraki be pretty tough on top this year. I, I think I would have put him neutral and uh, protected yeah. the riding time point there. What do you think, Ben? I know it's tough. Cause- you said this to me. You said this to me also. Um that's a that's a, that so here here's why here's why it's tough. If they go neutral and Staroki gets a takedown and erases ride time, and it's not that hard, right? Because it's only five seconds, and you lose two to one, you look like a dumbass. And so um yeah. the neg the negative to that is way worse than the negative to you know getting erasing the ride time and then getting the escape after the five seconds, so then it is one to one, you know. So I, I think when you just look at um plus and minus uh, i think it kind of makes sense yeah and then even um, if uh yeah i, I guess if he if mass would have got the takedown and stroke got escape he would have won three two because he would have a takedown plus ride time um you'd have to be really confident that yeah. your guy was going to get the takedown or not getting taken down um and i don't think they were there so i think i think it was probably the right choice i could definitely see what you're saying though yeah, it's tough. But no, um, hey, that four roll, the four roll that you were claiming, uh, complaining about, um, that is the same it. thing that uh, what? I don't, don't I don't understand, I don't understand what he was doing there. Help, help me understand it. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That's what um, uh, oh my God, Tyler Graff did against Ramos in the finals. Essentially, really something yeah. similar. And you know my my general rule, and this is probably even more important in college and high school or youth. But when we coach this, do not scramble on bottom. It is so dumb because you put yourself at such a gigantic disadvantage uh, on multiple levels. So the one is obviously that you can never expose your back because you give up back points, right? If you're right. neutral and you expose your back, maybe they'll give you the danger count for three seconds. But if if you're on bottom and you start scrambling, they're just swiping, boom, right there. Yeah. Um, you don't have any time at all. And then obviously the other one is, you know, if you get in a scramble, the top guy no longer has to win. They only have to stalemate. They don't have to win the scramble. They stalemate your back on bottom. And then the third one, which is again, college wrestling is different than high, is you're giving up riding time, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in, if you're in a scramble, you're giving up riding time. So it is, it is not wise to scramble when on bottom in college wrestling at all. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it could just be out of habit. One time I tried a leg pass in the clinch against Lee Fullhart in like 2004. Um, <laughs> you know, that was really stupid. And that was just out of habit because it was like two years of the college season. So maybe it's just out of habit. Uh, but yes, not a wise decision. 
It was it was an interesting position because Massa was up on his feet, but Soraki had dropped down to one of his ankles and had his leg up in the air. So I don't I don't know if he just and was kind of pushing into him. So I don't know if Massa just thought he could just like, you know, use that momentum to roll through and, and kick yeah. free. But it and he it was really savvy wrestling by Soraki. He ended up he felt that it was like a win Dixie. He felt that and he just swung his leg back. Like uh, we yeah. saw Jason Nolf do so many times and catch him there with the wind Dixie. Mm-hmm. And then I loved Massa as soon as he got on top, trying the, the James Fleming, the uh, illegal move. Snapper. Right off the bat. He just went for well, it right was, away. Don't you remember that Massa and Massa's older brother, that was like his go-to kind of also. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was like a Nick Simmons move, and I believe they're all kind of from a similar area in Michigan. But that one you can't even really use in college wrestling because I hate the side headlock rule that they have in college wrestling because the refs don't mm-hmm. differentiate between side headlocks. So, like, they count the assassin as a side headlock. Like, the assassin is a pinning combination, and the idea that you would get called for stalling when attempting the assassin is simply ludicrous, right? Yeah. Now, if you're in a side headlock and you're trying to fish for that Merkel on top, um, like, and this is again where, where I, I, I abhor the, you know, the, the stallings where they have to call them. Like, listen, if the guy's actually working for a turn, let the man work. If he's obviously mm-hmm. stalling, call him for stalling. <clears throat> Don't just make some dumb rule where you got to call him in five seconds. It just doesn't make any sense. I agree. I agree. Um, what, what, what else did you think of that match? I thought, um. In the first period, they kind of traded exchanges, good defense from both guys. They both got in deep and couldn't finish. But then in the third, after Massa got the escape, I really thought he was a takedown was imminent. He was pushing really hard, and yeah. it seemed like Starake was fading. But then, and then when it went to overtime, I was like, okay, I think Massa's going to win. He's been more aggressive here. He looks like he's got more in the tank. But then neither guy did anything. And maybe he gassed himself out or <laughs> Right when we tried to push the pace, going in regulation, and got us a little more tired. And then, but you know, he he, um, I mean, he did ride Soroki for a while. So listen, I never advise going to ride outs because you think you're gonna ride the person more. But he did ride him right. for a significant amount of time. So maybe he thought, hey, I'm gonna ride this kid out for 30 seconds or so- something to that effect. Um, yeah, I, I you know I think that was a, a big step up for Soroki because he's someone we we were really high on. And then he had the loss to Donnell Washington. Um, and Mass has obviously been having a ton of success freestyle-wise. Um, so I feel mm-hmm. like that's a huge win. Um, and th- it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in conference. And unfortunately, you know, I, we talked about Romero hurting his ankle against Kemmerer. So we didn't get to see Romero versus Massa on Friday night. But that would have been really interesting to see also because that would have huge implications on the Big Ten seeding because you know as of now it's probably you know, um, Kemmer, Labriola, Romero, and then probably Starokey, Massa. I'm assuming they'd be five. So, you know, that's guys how you guys have them ranked, but they would probably be the four or five. Yeah. I'm guessing at um, at the Big Ten, so that they'll meet in the quarters, right? That makes the most sense. Yeah, and I mean, it, you kind of got we call it rankers delight uh, when three guys were just all beating each other. Cause Washington, Washington beats Starocky, Starocky beats Massa, Massa beats Washington. We went, yes. we valued the most recent result, which was Carter Starocky over Logan Massa. And then 
Massa Massa pinned Donnell Washington. He kind of messed him up. Um, yeah. So we we valued Siraki's win over Massa more there, and went ahead and made the move over Washington despite his head to head loss to him. But yeah, and then what's I hope Romero's back this weekend because we could see him versus Siraki on Friday night. Oh, Caleb Romero. I thought you were talking yes. about Demetrius Romero, his brother. Oh, no, sorry. That is, that is really confusing. Two guys with the same last name ranked back-to-back. Um, but, yeah, Caitlin Romero, Carter Strzok, could happen this weekend. Yes, that would be good. Um, is that – so this is the last weekend. So, like, big – the MAC conference teams, they're done competing because they are less than two weeks from uh, the MAC conference. The conference big- tournament's next weekend. It's the 20, 26, 27, right? Yeah, that's max, yeah. Okay, so Big Ten has one more weekend, um, and, and then maybe done. So, wow, uh, Penn State versus Ohio State, and then they wrestle Maryland on Monday? That's weird. They have that's a couple really Monday weird. duels. Indiana is wrestling Purdue on, on that same Monday. I don't, I don't know Why? what that's about. What is the deal? I don't know. So the other, know. the other thing is uh, that would then be less than two weeks from the conference tournament for quarantine and everything else purposes. And that's why um, I'm, and I'm sure you're going to bring it up at some point when we talk about the Cowboy challenge, but Missouri did not bring a whole bunch of their starters. So pretty much anyone who could potentially be contact traced, they just said, we're, we're not taking them. Right. So they, I mean, Brock Muller, for example, he wrestled. So, he must be, you know, in the clear. Um, and I think was he the only real starter? I there? think he was the only starter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they had some other good guys like Josh Edmond was beating Dusty Hone, for example. Um, and I th- <laughs> so, do you want to go Cowboy Challenge, or do you want to lead that into your injury default debate? Uh, let's go to Cowboy Challenge. Let's go to Cowboy Challenge first. Okay. So this 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 tournament was interesting because if you lost first round, you did not get another match. Yeah, which was, I don't know if they tried to get extra matches or with those guys or not. I didn't see I th- I didn't see me in the bracket, but that doesn't mean they didn't wrestle them like I don't know off to the side or something. Well, I didn't see I you know so I follow Mizzou on Twitter and I didn't see any extra matches announced. So um, usually that you know usually they would post them if they were. Yeah. Um, but it kind of backfired on Oklahoma State, I thought, because uh, Mastro lost first round to um, Nor- uh, Noah Certain from Missouri. And so it's like, well, yep. you thought he was in multiple duels, and now you know he had one, one match, and it was a loss to a, a backup from Missouri. And so if you look at you know Mastro's record now, uh, he has one really solid win, and that's Cody Fippen. Um, and besides that, no one's ranked all that high. So, I mean, I feel like that's really got to hurt him going into big 12s and then going into NCAAs. Whereas if he would have won it, you could argue that he only has one loss, um, which is to Brody Teske, you know, and, and that it will look much better that loss. I feel like, you know, certain is going to hurt him. It will. And it, it hurt him in the rankings this week. Um, we, he, he was ranked ahead of Connor Brown, but you to someone, who's not starting over Connor Brown and still be ahead of them. Um, so we dropped him below Connor Brown. He does have the win over Fabian Gutierrez, who's ranked. You're right, Fippen's a nice win. Um, a guy who I think was top four at Big 12s last year. 
Um, but yeah, it's not a super strong resume, and you're absolutely right that that loss that loss hurts him. Um, so then at at 33, Dayton Fix looked incredible. Killed everyone. He killed everyone. He got his four matches into, so you don't need to worry about that, which I don't think anyone was super worried about. They still have a duel plus big 12s, but he got his four matches in the first week, and he got three falls and a tech. Um, he beat Ryan Sullivan Dayton in the Fix for Hodge? <sighs> you can't rule it out. I mean, he's going to have – At this I mean, point, I mean, how many matches does Spencer Lee have? Can't be very many more. That's what I'm literally – I'm looking it up right now. It's, he has four Spencer's matches. Got, so. Spencer's got four. They got the same. So four falls for Spencer, four falls, and a tech for Dayton. Spencer's, I mean, was yeah, Spencer's about? opponents have been of tougher uh, quality, of cal tougher caliber. Gable's um, <clears throat> got eight. But Dayton, he's, he's doubling these dudes up. Jeez. Damn, Gable's a bloodbath uh, this year. Tech fall, 13-second pin. Tech fall, major Cassiope. Tech fall, tech fall, pin 35 seconds, pin. Yeah, man. Damn. And the guy pinned in 35 seconds was Luke Luffman, who was beating like all these Good. dudes to get in the top 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can't rule you can't rule date now. I think Spencer's Spencer and Gable's still in the driver's seat. Um, but Dayton does have three or four ranked guys in his his conference bracket. Um so that that helps, and Ryan Sullivan's ranked like number twelve right now. He pinned him and was dominating before he pinned him. Um, and so Iowa, I guess they they canceled their nineteenth match, and they're saying the match on the twenty first against the Badgers is a maybe. I guess. Yeah, so they might not even have another regular season match potentially. And I'd be really That's cautious about it if I was them. Um, you just need to get all your guys to Big Ten to the NCAA's. These duels. Seriously. Yeah, forget them. Uh, and so and Minnesota's got Northwestern left on the schedule before um, Big Tens. So another bloodbath. Yes, that's good. <laughs> it's going to be a quick day, I'm sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, at 41, Josh Edmond, as you mentioned, be Dusty Hone on injury default. We'll get to that more later. You guys, then, hold on. I, I can't remember which side. You guys do or do not count injury defaults? We do not. We do not, which is ah! obviously. Oh, yeah. We, you, don't remember, you, guys you don't remember getting mad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I got mad, and I, oh, yeah, you know what? I should have been able to deduct that because I knew I got mad, and I know what I think. So. <clears throat> Yeah, I, sh I, I should have known where you guys lied. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. It's just the way we do things. Obviously, we want to see the match play out. There's uh, yes. let, Let's get into this in a second. I want to stick. I want to stay on the Cowboy okay. Challenge. Dusty Hall, what, this was – it was – it's a 403 over halfway. Um, Edmund was winning the match at the point that it got called. So, we'll, I'm going to mm -hmm. call it a win for him, even if you don't. <clears throat> Well, I mean, it go it it counts as a win for him. We're just we won't use it when determining rankings. It counts as a win. It goes in his record. It goes in the loss column for Hone. Um, so yeah. it's a win for sure. And so well, I thought Edmund was going to be the starter this year for Missouri. I thought he he looked amazing. And then Alan Hart's just been unreal. Edmund's really good. So, um, man, uh, 
I can't remember whoever whoever's rankings they were using for the Cowboy Challenge when I was looking on Twitter or whatever. Did someone really have Dusty Hone ranked number four? Because that's what it was, and I remember thinking like, "How is Dusty Hone?" No, there's no four? way. There's no <clears throat> way, right? There's no way. Okay. Um, All right, I don't know what I was yeah. reading then, but I saw whatever I was reading, whether it was on Twitter or wherever. Uh, he had a number four next to his name, um, and I did not <laughs> think that was very reasonable. I thought, "Wow, how did he get so high? That doesn't feel right." So you're telling me that that's totally crazy. Yeah, yeah, no one has that. That's just, that. I don't know. Maybe they forgot a one in there. Even even fourteen seems high. We have him, I think, nineteen. Um, okay, which is about where he was last year when he was starting to place yeah. a Cade Brock too. He does have some really nice wins. He's he beat. Had no, he's had no good wins. <clears throat> this year he does not. But last year he beat Tariq Wilson. He beat Cole Matthews. Um, yeah, there were a number of other guys too. He beat, but uh, he didn't have the best Big Twelve tournament if I remember right last year. Got it. Um. Brock Mahler and Boo Llewellyn was an awesome match. I don't know if you got to watch that one, Ben. I did not. I was, uh, this was, uh, I was complaining to you guys because it was not online. I was at a tournament all day. So um, it was only on what the Big Ten Network or Big Ten Plus or not Big Ten Plus, ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. Yeah, just the Something finals. Plus. Um, yeah, just the finals. Um, I watched Noah Adams, AJ Ferrari on some guy's Facebook. I, I did watch that because you guys, you gave me the Facebook link and I got to watch that match. Yeah. Yeah. One of my yeah. friends from back home sent me that link and was like, yo, Adam Ferrari is going to be right here. I don't know how he found that, but that guy was streaming all the early round matches. Shout out to him. Um, and that, I mean, that was a great match too. Uh, that was. Dude, he had his he had his knees together. You cannot have a man's knees together and not get a takedown. Come on, Mr. Ferrari. I don't I mean he had <laughs> he had the knees pinched. All you gotta do is make him fall over a little bit. And Noah Adams. I think uh, he stopped running those feet, right? Dead feet. Oh yeah. He thought he was gonna fall and, over. Uh Adams has amazing hips and was able to kind of just sprawl almost just out of it with eight or nine seconds left he got a adam's got a takedown in the first period and if i i was thinking this and the guy who was streaming live on facebook said that that was the first takedown ferrari's given up all year <clears throat> i mean yeah he doesn't give up takedowns very very easily at all and i wonder if people will see that match and uh because i thought noah wrestled extremely smart when when aj went to his knees he didn't walk forward, and that's what guys have been doing this season. You see a guy on your knees, yeah, and you almost want to, you know, you want to lunge and get him in short offense. And Noah didn't. I don't know why you would lunge at them, though. I mean, <laughs> if anything, I would get really low, and I would post, right, post, and then probably snap and cover. Um, and I, I would be really low in doing so. Um, you know, I, I have got double leg before, so I can't say he would never get me. <laughs> but yeah, the, the lunging thing, I, I do not really. Um, I don't know why people are doing that. Adam's approach was much better. Yes. And then I just, I mean, the shot that he got in on to almost finish it. I mean, he shot from so far away, but that just like goes to show like how quick and how long his arms are so long. He got in yes. there and he was really extended and was still able to work his way up and almost finish that. Um, well, I think those one, two are probably going to be. Where he's like all the way yeah. Superman out, you know? Um, yeah, 
And that's kind of like, you know, when you're really firing off hard doubles and the best ones, it's like, you know, you teach, you teach kids who aren't good at wrestling to keep their um, torso over their hips, so to speak. Right. You don't want them to lean too far forward, but these elite level guys, their torso attacks and then their hips follow and then eventually gets underneath them. Right. But if you watch it in slow motion, their torso and their arms are going first, their hips are following underneath afterwards. And that's definitely like a more efficient way to shoot a double if you're if you're really uh, good at wrestling. Nice little breakdown there. Um, but yeah, no, it, it went it it played out similar to how I thought. I I thought Noah could match him athletically. He did. Um, top bottom wasn't a factor, but I think those two are going to be on the same side at the Big Twelve tournament. Um, I don't. I don't no, actually so don't wait, hold on. So where are you putting Sloan then? I don't know. I don't know because he's I don't undefeated. Think they're but on he, the same side. Best Buchanan's win is one. Buchanan's one, absolutely. Buchanan's but what do you won. do with Sloan, who lost in the Big he's 12 undefeated. Finals last year? You got to go two or three Adams. with him, right? Don't you got to go I mean, two I or guess three with him? Could. Well, pro- Ferrari has a loss. Will. Sloan has slaughtered everybody. His best win is Woodley. I don't know. I don't know how you determine that. And he lost the last time he wrestled Noah Adams in a college match. Yeah, I, I, so, so I feel like, but I don't, I don't feel like you could justify. I mean, I think you could justify putting Noah Adams above Tanner Sloan, despite the fact that he has two losses. I don't think that you could justify putting AJ Ferrari above Tanner Sloan uh, because he has one loss, um, and Sloan's now thirteen and zero. It's got to be one of the most wins in the country because there's not very people that have that many matches at this point. Um, You're right about that, and obviously. He's got the win over Woodley, and Ferrari had a you know a three-two over Woodley, uh, and he really hasn't had any close matches to this point. Um, so yeah. yeah, I would. So say, you think you think Buchanan, Sloan, Adams, Ferrari? Uh, so I you know I could go either way with Sloan and Adams at two or three. Um, and, you know, it really doesn't matter, right? Um, Right. So I, I think you can go there, and then Ferrari ends up four, and, and Woodley would be five then. And Woodley-Ferrari was competitive last time. Uh, it would probably be competitive this time. Um, but I think, you know, I'm really interested to see Stephen Buchanan versus a- AJ Ferrari. Uh, I almost feel like Ferrari is the favorite in that because as high-powered as Buchanan's offense is, um, he does kind of leave some openings to, to be attacked. And, you know, mm-hmm. one thing about uh, Ferrari that we can say, as undisciplined and dumb as he is on social media, he <laughs> is the opposite in matches. He is very disciplined in matches and doesn't really make stupid mistakes. So if, if Buchanan gives him an opportunity to, you know, blow through a couple double legs, he's, he's going to take it, and he's probably not going to get out of position for Stephen Buchanan to attack him. So, um you know, and that's a match we haven't seen, so I w- I'm very interested to see that one. I feel like that's how it's going to end up. And damn, I actually feel like um, I don't. Let's see, what do you guys have them? The highest ones so you got Mean Schultz, Warner, Northfleet, Bonacorsi. So the highest Big Twelve guy you have is number six. I feel like those four uh, that I just mentioned could absolutely be all Americans, um, and I could definitely see them beating. Uh, you know, a Jacob Warner and Eric Schultz, Kendall Nor Cordell Norfleet. I could see them yep. moving up and winning some of those matches for sure. 
hundred percent agree with you. Um, and I think if this is a normal year where all these schools get their tournaments and opens in, you see the big 12 guys higher. I mean, two weeks ago, no Adams was number one. Um, and I, I, I agree with, I agree with your Ferrari Buchanan take because we've seen Adams to pack two weekends, blow through Buchanan on doubles. Um, so I think they will absolutely be there for AJ Ferrari, but um, Buchanan, man, he just keeps coming. And that Adams, Adams match was awesome again. Um, it was tied by about thirty seconds left, but Buchanan had riding time. Adams gets a reversal uh, with about twenty seconds to go. Can't hold him down, and so he gets an escape. And so I think it's tied. It's actually tied on the scoreboard, but I think Buchanan thought he was losing. And he put together mm. – it was a really nice single. And he didn't He didn't stop his feet. He got Adam's legs together and ran through it yeah. and finished. So he, he ended up winning by two. And uh, just another awesome match. Those two are now two and two all time against each other, becoming a really fun that, that's rivalry. A, that's a fun match every time. And, and they're young, so we're going to get to see that. That's actually the big 12 197 is legit. Uh, and these guys are all young. It's, it's a lot of, fun. Uh, yeah, we got sophomore, sophomore, uh, no Adams is a junior now, but it's essentially a sophomore. Cause he gets two more years after right. this. Buchanan gets three more years and then Sloan three more Ferrari, four more. Um, dude, that's, that's a, that's a fun mix of guys right there. And really I would say Ferrari is very disciplined. Um, but the other guys are kind of just high powered offense and now that they can't get more disciplined, but I would say their go-to is their, their high powered offense. Um, and so these guys are going to be a blast to watch over the next couple of years. Yeah. They're not afraid to, they're not afraid to open it up. Um, they, yeah. they want to go to and get, and get to their attacks, which is fun. And you're right. Ferrari is so tough. It's so tough to get to his legs because he stays so low. He's got great head hands. He's on his knees a lot. Um, so yeah, it's really tough to get to Ferrari. Um, hey, so one match we didn't get to yet, but I, I wanted to bring up cause I had a couple friends that were texting me. Um, so I, my, my, my Mizzou friends were obviously watching this. Um, so I was getting texts while it was going on, but plots shoulder dislocated during the match. And then he put it back in himself. That can't be good for him. Can it? No, it probably can't. Um, and I, I believe it was the shoulder why he missed his senior year of high school, um, too. Now, I don't know if you saw the clip. I know Seth Duckworth tweeted it out, but he's winning 4-1 against Hastings. And you just see him kind of, like, hold his shoulder, like, out here to the side. And he's, like, you can tell he's in pain. And then he just kind of, like, jerks it back. And then it, like, comes back down normal. And oh. then he... And then he just kind of he gives himself a one two three gun on the side of the head. And I don't know if he's just like, hey, like get your mind right, or like, man, that really hurt, or what it was. But it's it's pretty badass. Yeah, but that's <laughs> something where it's like long term. This dude, he got four years after this. I mean, he he is young, so that's something where like, man, you got to take care of yourself because. Um, People don't think a lot about how important the shoulder is for wrestling. But Kyle, you can't do anything if you don't have your shoulder. I mean, you're using it on bottom all the time. You can't take a leg attack without your shoulder 
right? Because you're always going to get in this position and then you got to let go. I remember when Mark, you know, Mark Ellis had a hurt shoulder and he, he leg attacked a lot. And that was his main complaint is if, if he didn't finish clean, he was screwed. Um, and so that's, man, this young for him, it, that's, Kyle, you can go ahead and pull that, pull that gif up. I see you got it there. Um, yeah. See, watch him when they kind of break here, Ben, his arms kind of just out to the side and then he'll like jerk it back. Mm, <laughs> and then one, two, one, two to the side of the head. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's something to be super concerned about and something that we've seen with some of the lighter guys, the 25 pounders, you know, probably more recently, um, plague them, yeah. but yeah, it's something to watch. And, and I mean, he was winning, he had scored two takedowns to nothing right there in the first period. And then after that, I think he goes on to lose like eight to six. Um, so yeah. you wonder how much that played a part in it, but man, Wyoming. Has well, I mean, the other thing is just like, you know, with this is, um, it, it, in practice too, right? If you, if you if you have to be conscious of it and can't put yourself in certain positions in practice, um, man, yeah, that's, that's just such a negative for the long term impact of your career. So hopefully he gets healthy and can handle that shoulder thing. But um, you know, John Smith's a hard ass, so I don't know if John Smith's gonna give him enough time to heal that thing right. And I mean, do you think what you just said had anything to do with Oklahoma State's performance? I don't know. They didn't have. Uh, Jacob Wright yeah, beats Wyatt Sheets. Tate Samuelson beats Dakota Gear. Uh, Hastings was ranked ahead of Plot, but if you would ask me to pick that match, I'm picking Dustin Plot. Um, yeah, Ferrari loses to Adams, although he didn't look bad. Uh, I mean, really, I out know. of that final, I mean, what you fixes your bright spot, I guess, because um, he killed everyone. Yeah. But you know, went like. I, I guess he would Peyton Hall, but I don't. I don't know. I'm, Peyton Hall is really young. I don't think super highly of him um, at this point. And so it's like, man, that was. If you're an Oklahoma State fan, that was a rough finals. That was really rough. Absolutely, Fix and Whitlake looked awesome, and Whitlake's looked like that all year. I'm not worried about him, um, but I am concerned about 25 and uh, 84. 74 like that i don't know yeah, those, those are 57 those are matches you should be winning um so yeah uh, that's so i texted you guys the, the over under on oklahoma state all americans i feel like it's three and a half right now so i think you know fix essentially is a lock boo is likely i would say um uh, Wyatt Sheets outside looking in. Whitlake is probably more likely than not. Plot, in my opinion, outside looking in. Um, Dakota Gear, I don't want to say outside looking in, but he is a little lower. And Ferrari, I, I guess I'm going to say outside looking in. I think I think I would probably, if you had me place a bet on whether he's an All-American or not, I'd probably pick All-American, but it's not, I would obviously not a lock by any sense of the imagination. I'm taking. I'm, I would take the over in that. I I, I think they fix all Americans. I think Travis Whitlake all Americans. I think uh, Boo all Americans. And then I think they get one of. I think Ferrari. If you're and then if you're looking at like the next best chances, um, I I, I actually go probably go Ferrari, Gear, Plot, and yeah. 74, 74 is not. Deep. I mean. 
once you get past Logan Massa, it's not deep. You got, I mean, Donnell Washington, Andrew McNally, Hayden Hastings, Michael O'Malley, Peyton Mako, um, Austin Murphy, Daniel Bullard, and then you're at Plot. It, he can, I mean, you get the right draw. He can absolutely all American. And I mean, he and took down Hayden Hastings stay, twice yeah. in the first period. Yeah, shoulders got to stay in. Shoulder has to stay intact. I mean, and that's so um, like one of the things I think about Ferrari when I was just doing the calculation is he going to all American or not? One of the things you know that high level high school guys struggle with at college tournaments. Now we haven't had any of those yet. Well, I guess this was a, right. was a tournament kind of is the and this was something I struggled with big time my freshman year is because uh, I wasn't good enough to like pin everyone in high school. I might have, if I do a tournament, I might have one tough match, right? If it's a really high level one, maybe two, um, I'm killing, I'm killing dudes, right? I'm pinning them. And so yeah. I'm getting on and off the mat relatively quickly. And so when you look at someone like Ferrari, he does not pin dudes quickly, right? He is very likely at the NSA tournament to be on the mat seven minutes, every single match. And so, especially if he's not a high seed, he's going to have someone really tough in the second round. And so we're talking yeah, and- a minimum. Yeah, min- minimum four four really tough matches. But if he gets on the backside in the sixth round of 16 or, or quarterfinals, I mean, we're talking five, six, seven really tough matches. And if you're grinding them out every single time, that adds up and your body wears out. And that was so, you go back to my red shirt freshman year. Dude, by the end of some of these tournaments, when I had like six tough match, my body wasn't used to it, and I was just like done. I like I couldn't compete the way I wanted to compete, and that was a huge impact. And I lost a whole bunch of matches because of that. And so Ferrari, we haven't seen him in a tournament yet. And so when he gets to that fourth mm-hmm. or fifth tough match, how does he able to compete? Agreed. And even though this was technically a tournament, you weighed in one time, and he had uh, one of the punkies before he wrestled Adams. I don't even think he wrestled his third place match because it was against an Oklahoma State guy, so they just didn't even wrestle it. So he oh, wrestled two matches. Really so it's like Right. So and you gotta make weight three days in a row. He's never done that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean um, I, I think that you know when I think about Ferrari, there's there's those factors and who knows maybe um the, those are not impacting him, but I think they absolutely could impact him also. Um, and then obviously with plot with with your shoulder popping out, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna impact you for for sure. Um, so I guess I guess he does have a few technical falls this year. Ferrari, um, he's got four of them. So if maybe, you maybe but if, look mat. at who that was against. Those None of those guys are in the top the three. None of them. They're not. They gonna will not be, be there. NCAA, <laughs> they will not be there. Yes. So his only two matches of guys ranked in the top 33 are Jake Woodley and Noah Adams, both of which were 3-2 and one he lost to and one he won. Yeah. The the talent's there. It's just going to be the draw and the navigating the tough matches. Like you're talking about guys, the more film they have on him, I think the better they're going to wrestle him, the smarter they're going to wrestle him. Um, But can you get to his legs now, I guess, is the the big thing. Kozak. Just he's been doing a, a big All American study. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, but he put in the Facebook chat. Oklahoma State has had at least three All Americans every year since 2000, except 2009, and at least four AAs 16 times in that 20 year span. Wow. So yeah, your safe bet is taken over there. <laughs> um, 
Okay, you you good with Cowboy Challenge? You want uh, to move on to? Um... Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. Um, <clears throat> little cues from F's. Are we gonna do the Mackay thing, or you want to save it for? Uh, Let's piles talk. Of... Is he gonna make it back <sighs> by tomorrow? He's probably not gonna make it back, is he? he... He says he is. I don't. I don't know. How? If we do the math. Driving, it's twenty hours. He's driving twenty hours. He'd have to drive. They'd have to drive nonstop, nonstop. And then he would still have like an hour can, of sleep. They could do it. It's possible to do it. Um, when we drive, when we drive back to West Virginia, it's uh, it's twenty around twenty one hours, and we we usually do it nonstop. Um, it's not fun. Do you sleep but, then? You sleep in the car or something? Uh, yeah, I'll usually drive like the first 10, 12 hours and then Olivia will take, I'd tell her, just give me two or three hours and I'll nap for two or three hours and then finish out. Whoa. You gotta be mentally hardcore, tough, Bracky. That's serious. Yeah. You got, you gotta be mentally tough. You just get a lot of podcasts, some energy drinks. Like Wayne Bauman. Mentally tough like Wayne Bauman. That's right. That's right. Um, let's talk, let's talk Makai. So one time, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you here. One time, Kyle, when I was young and much tougher, I, uh, we were four of us, we were partying and, uh, we were at Louisiana state and I said, this is a PSA for all you dumb kids out there like myself. And, uh, and this could be a PSA for you and Mr. Piles. And it was like two and I don't drink. So it was 2 AM. I said, listen, man. It's nice. It's 10 hours home, whatever. I don't, I don't want to freaking spend all Sunday driving. Let's leave right now. We're done partying. Let's leave. And, uh, you, you sleep, you know, you drive the first, whatever, and then I'll finish up. So, uh, we, we took off 2.00 AM. We drove, I actually slept good, slept really good. And it was 6.00 AM. And, uh, I woke up, started driving. And then at like 7.30, we dropped the two guys off. There's two guys that are medicine where we dropped them off. Right. And, uh, we kept driving. And so I'd already, I'd, I had already been driving for an hour and a half. And I remember looking up at this sign and thinking, oh, hey, someone told me that there's a lot of cops in this area. I should probably slow down, you know? Next thing I remember, I woke up. I'm driving in the freaking grass median 80 miles an hour. And, and, I, I'm like, and I, looked at, I looked at my bud Joe Garrity. <laughs> and I said, oh, shit, I'm in the median. And I just... <laughs> I, I remember seeing the sign. I was perfectly awake. I'd only been driving for like two hours. I cranked it back on the road. And obviously, my, my adrenaline had spiked. And so then I stayed awake for the rest of the drive. And, but now I, mm. and I was probably 20, I don't know, 23 or 24 at that point. I do not do uh, all-nighters anymore after that. I learned my lesson. Dang. I, I've never never had anything like that. I've been really good about any time like I feel – like I'm about to do that, I I pull off and I I'll tell Olivia like, can you drive? You good? Because usually she'll be sleeping. Or do we need to find a place? And sometimes we'll just take yeah. like 10, 20 minutes to collect ourselves and, and figure it out. But uh, not, that's scary. Thank God you're all right. Yeah, that one was weird because I didn't really feel tired. You know, it was like I got some decent sleep. I woke up. I was driving for a couple hours. I felt fine, and then all of a sudden. I don't know. I'm just done. So I, I don't do it anymore like like I used to when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this um, injury default topic. Because uh, anytime a number one goes down, it's always a big deal. So Friday night, Pitt wrestled Virginia Tech. And I told you, I, I sat here 
not here, but in the studio on Thursday, and told you to watch out for Jay Quintel, that he'd been wrestling really good, and I obviously still was picking Makai, but that this could be a really close match. And okay. I don't know if you watched, Ben, but I went back and watched because I didn't get to watch it live Friday night. I went back and watched. Winslow gets in on a shot in like the first 40 seconds. And Makai is the most absurd wrestler I've ever seen when someone has his leg in the air. It was almost two Very minutes. Good. It was almost two minutes, Ben. He had his leg in the air before he finally like <clears throat> was able to move around and trip Makai and finish for the takedown. But, like, the majority of that, Makai was just chilling. Like, literally just flat-footed, just chilling. And he had it, like, he had it like in his armpit, and then he worked it up a little bit mm-hmm. higher. And then I think he finally got it up onto his shoulder before he finished. So that was insane. Damn. And Winchell's very good on top. So then he – and mm-hmm. I think he got the takedown with only, like, 14, 15 seconds left in the period. So he wrote out that period, and then Makai goes down. And then he was really working a power half hard on Makai. And – Makai tried to roll kind of like out of it and out of bounds. And you could tell immediately, like he grabbed his shoulder and he's rolling around there and VT actually challenged. Cause it was kind of the same thing with Winsel and Monday from a few weeks ago, they were, they were up on their feet and um, Winsel had boots in and he returned them and they were challenging for an illegal mat return that he'd left both his feet. Mm-hmm. So Makai got some time there to try to work it out. And they say no legal mat return. They come back to the middle and kind of the same thing. He starts working that power half again and uh, he finished out the period, but you could tell, I mean, he was holding his arm against himself like this and he, he tried to wrestle and it just wasn't, it wasn't working. So like VT threw the white flag, said, Hey, we're done here. We don't want him to get hurt anymore. So I believe the injury default actually came right after the second period ended when it was just clear Makai couldn't do anything. So it it was three, nothing, I think at the time, because Winslow had chose bottom after injury time and gotten an escape, um, and yeah, I, I, we don't we don't count injury defaults uh, for rankings purposes. Obviously, it goes in the win loss column, and uh, this kind of started some drama on Twitter. Kyle, if you want to go ahead and pull this up, the original well, tweet it does from seem Pitt. ridiculous that you. Uh, I know your policy, but it was essentially three zero, and you leave, you leave Makai at number one. And you probably left him above Gable in the pound for pound, which ain't no one taking down Gable and riding him for a period. That just is not going to happen. Uh, you're probably right, but we did, we did, we did leave it. Um, as we said, we probably will till NCAA's. Um, but maybe ACCs. Are the ACC coaches going to switch these yeah, uh, yeah. seatings around? I'm sure they probably will. I'm sure because they have a loss column. I don't know where was Nolf seated when he took the injury default to. Van Brill. I don't Dog. know. Dog. He um, was whooping him. It doesn't matter. It's still a loss, and I think they did drop him down. And no, him. but you see what – This is my argument. You you are like – You want to put – Listen, I understand it's not seven minutes, but you want to put blinders onto relevant data. There is relevant data there. Nolf was whooping him. Makai was getting whooped. But he lost the, But he lost the match. But he lost the match, so he should drop, right? No. You need to look at the relevant data. The data he matters. He didn't get his. He didn't get his hand raised, Ben. He should. Data have matters. You see what happens. I know it's only five minutes. It's not seven minutes, but there was there was nothing there that told us 
that Makai Lewis is going to win. I mean, Makai Lewis is down essentially 4-0 because Wenzel's going to choose bottom to get an escape, right? It's, it's 4-0. So Makai Lewis couldn't score. The defending NCAA champions couldn't score enough points in the final period. He's going to essentially need to score like four, ta four takedowns in one period. Imagine, like, at that point, we're, we're just – how many matches have you watched where you were like, there's no way this guy wins, and then he wins? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. <laughs> Top. It happens though. It happens. And I mean, so you're going to, so not only are you going to fault Makai for a match that didn't even finish, you're going to move Alex Marinelli above him in the rankings who hasn't wrestled in three weeks and lost to him the last time that they wrestled. Two years ago. Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, like, it, we don't we don't count injury defaults, but like, when then when you look at the guys ranked behind him, and I looked at what a few other places did with Makai this morning, dropping him all the way to four and five behind Griffith and Whitlig, whose wins don't even compare to Makai's. Like, who is Shane Griffith's best win? Who is who is Travis Whitlig's best win? Makai loses be Alex Marinelli, Evan Wick, and Vincenzo Joseph. Marinelli's only had two matches guys? this year. Do you realize that? Did you guys Marinelli yes. have two matches? Yes. Oh my yes, god! Yes, I realize that. Well, so, wow. I mean, so we don't we don't factor in anyways. Um, and if the match had finished, I mean, I, I, we probably would drop Makai behind Marinelli, but like, you can't. I don't see how you can drop him farther than two. <laughs> I, I yeah, mean, I mean, it's, but then you don't move. You also don't move Wenzel up. You giving him no credit for his uh, his big win. We don't use it for rankings purposes. I've told you this. Make sure, make sure you keep the same energy about uh, Kellen March winning by injury default over Jared Van Vliet, because that happened. Was he whooping no him? I'm talking about that. Was he whooping him? I don't know what the score was. I don't know what the score was at the time. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I take a relevant look at the data. Of here's what I do. I take a relevant look at the data. If we got five minutes of wrestling, we got five minutes of wrestling. Now, if it's like yeah, a minute, maybe it's a story. We don't know story. what's going to happen in the next two. But um, you, you can you can extrapolate from the data that you do have, and maybe you don't hold that as as highly as a, a fully seven minute win. But um, I yeah, I don't see. So man, when's the loss to Thomas Bullard? Other than that, he's beaten a pretty solid schedule because he has schedule Keating Monday and then Lewis. That's that's solid. Yeah, and you look at last year. He's he beat Ronigo last year. He beat Ethan Smith this year. Um, his wins are his wins are really good, and we're gonna get to see this at the ACC tournament. This is we talked about Big Twelve one ninety seven one sixty five, and the ACC is amazing too. You have Mikai Lewis. Yeah. You have Jake Winslow. You have Kennedy Monday. You have Jake Keaton. You have Thomas Bullard. All those guys ranked in the top twelve, thirteen, and then <laughs> Monday and the Keating Ben. I don't know if you realize this wrestled like an eighteen to fifteen match this weekend. Kennedy yeah. Monday was up like yes, Kennedy Monday was up like ten to two in the first period and lost eighteen to fifteen. What? He gassed or what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, if you give up sixteen points in in four minutes, you gas. It was, yeah, it was takedown release, takedown release, takedown release. Um, oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, not not good. Um, but I, I, what, what's funny is I'm, I'm assuming Iowa fans are going to be going to be pissed about Marinelli not being number one. But were you guys mad when Austin DeSanto didn't drop last year? 
when he injury defaulted. He should have dropped. I was mad. I was so you mad. mad. I raged. I raged on Iowa that situation. Fans, Iowa fans weren't mad because he was hurt. Well, count count me consistent because I was pissed. You are consistent, Ben. You were pissed. Um, but just just if you're gonna be mad about injury default, make sure you. Get that one mad was about like ten. Oh, that one was like ten to zero at the time of default. That was bad. I don't know how bad it was, but he, I mean, the ref should have just, I, I don't know why he stopped it. He should have just called the fall. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Kyle, you can go ahead and bring up the, because uh, the, the reply from Pitt, because. <clears throat> I love Pitt this. Was very this is great. Treating, treating this like a legit win and, and sent out that tweet like, down goes number one, you know, Jake Winslow wins by injury default or whatever. And that's exactly what they should have done, Kyle. Exactly what they should. It wasn't like it wasn't like their dude was down like you know eight to one, and then partying on him when he was getting whooped. They should count this as a win, absolutely. Well, I mean, it does count as a win. We talked about that. Good so job, then, Pitt. Good uh, job, Pitt. A bunch of a bunch of Virginia Tech fans were all pissed off, and someone goes, "An injury default is not a win." <laughs> and whoever's writing the Pitt account goes, "Yes, it is, according to NCAA rules," and then screenshotted the rule. Oh man, that's just, tremendous! Just fuel on the fire for ACCs. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. You know, they wish the best to Makai, of course. Uh, but no, that it's it, it's always. Oh my goodness! Kind of hey, defaults. did you see what? Did you see what Luke Wise typed in the chat? I did not. What did he? I mean, and the hope obviously this would likely be solved through. Um, Wild cards. ACC only has two allocations at 165. That is absurd. Wenzel, Mackay, Bullard, Kennedy. Am I am I missing so Keating? You just mentioned Keating. Well, I'm missing him. So absurd. Keating, Bullard. Yeah, they'll have three. They'll have three. You because they and this is another this is another problem that I had with the way they released these. Is so they they did. Uh, what they called pre-allocations okay so okay uh, you look at acc they have 23 and the numbers that you see for each weight is a pre-allocation and then they have automatic qualifiers and there's for the champ of those for the champ right why didn't they oh. just put that in the number why didn't they put that, that would in make the number a lot more sense. put that in That'd make them. it's so stupid and i think the reason they did it is because in case somebody finishes in, in an allocation spot that doesn't have four matches. You know what I mean? Like how we mm -hmm. talked about if second place yeah, is yeah. three and a, or two and one, but yeah, I think that's why they did it. But so it's actually three, but it's, that is also absurd that they only have three when they have four guys ranked in the top 13 right now. Um, next you might have Keating, Bullard, Monday, Wenzel, Mackay. They have five guys ranked in the top 13 and there's three freaking allocations. What the hell? This is stupid. This is stupid. I agree fully. Okay, let's get to cues from us before it start going crazy again. Yeah. <clears throat> we don't have much time for cues from um, us. We'll only get to answer a couple. Okay, yeah, well, I'll try to look for the best then, and then the rest can um, get pulled over to tomorrow. Uh, ben, Austin Denson, he, he'd never heard of Parker Kekeisen until you brought him up. Uh, now he's one of his favorite guys to watch in college right now. How, how high do you think he can climb on the podium? I think he can go way up there. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to pontificate too much, but I always talk about how 
early success is not important. And, you know, I mean, that's a guy right there. I remind my kids, this guy, this guy never wanted you to stay title. You know, some of these guys trying to get pissed that's that don't want to use state title at age nine. He never did. Not all the way up to age 15 because, you know, he was that 15-year-old. I don't, I don't know his 15, 15-year-old age group when he was uh, an eighth grader. Yeah. Never won. Not one. And now he's killing it. Um, so we don't, we, don't need, we don't need to win state titles at eight years old. If we don't do it, not a big deal. We'll win <laughs> later. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Um. Kevin Mulder, this one's interesting. If Mass has rematch the Big Tens, how do you predict the match will go? Because I, I don't know. I, I don't see it looking the same as it did yesterday. Really? I I, I would say similar. Um, I mean, may, maybe there's a takedown in there, but I, like, there's no way I see this being a 10-8 to 8 type of match. You know, um, one yeah. takedown, maybe two. Not, not, nothing too <clears throat> crazy. I just think someone gets a takedown in regulation. I guess is my is my point. Are so you seeing like this Sean tweet Carroll. from Steve Potanic? You see the tweet we just got from Steve no, Potanic? Uh, uh, where he just tweet look at look in your notifications. Nolf was up by a point versus Van Bril halfway through the second period, and Van Bril scored the first takedown in the match. Ah, uh, he, he did. Nolf's a killing hey, machine. Get out of my you did not listen. You didn't put it in the doc. I'm not answering it. Nolf's the killing machine. Next topic. <laughs> Nolf, next topic. Um, was it Nolf, next topic? Was that a thing? Yeah, Nolf, was next topic. Was it Nickel? Oh, it was okay. No, it was Nolf. It was Nolf. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You see anyone you really want to answer today? Uh, yeah, over under Pennsylvania waits in the state in the NCAA oh, yeah. finals. Uh, four and a half. I think well, they put four and a half. Sorry, I got to scroll back to it. He put 4.5. Um, I so am going to say likely over because you're going to go. I mean, Spencer Lee uh, is a lock, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's run through go, it. Spencer Lee at 125. Okay. DeSanto's got um, a solid chance. Phillip, he's got a solid chance. Uh, and then Corbin Myers is Pennsylvania also. So you have. Three opportunities there, so I, I think there's a decent chance you get one there. Um, f- Forty-one, definitely not. Forty-nine, you're likely going to have Sammy Sasso, and you have a backup in Max Murin and Michael Carr. So I think there's a decent chance you get one there. Um, Fifty-seven, yeah. uh, highly, I think is the favorite. Caleb Young is also a Pennsylvania wrestler. I don't know about Jesse Delvecchia. Is he or no? I think guy. he's Jersey. I think he's Jersey. Okay, Jersey. Um, I'd say I say no at uh, sixty-five. He's New York. Delvecchia really... is New York. Sorry about that, okay. Jesse. Sorry, Jesse. Yeah, I don't really think you have any good opportunities um, at sixty-five. Um, I guess Jake Wenzel. Would Wenzel. Be I yeah, I don't see it. Um, you got one, two at, at 74, so I think you're probably counting on that weight class. You also have Staroki at five. Uh, that's yep. probably a good bet. Um, Hidley at number two, and that's probably their only opportunity. That Bowen's not PA, is he? He's, he's a Virginia kid, right? No, he's a Virginia boy, yeah. Yeah, and Prez is New York. Brooks is Maryland. Yeah, so mm-hmm. – uh, all your all your chips are on Hidley at that weight class. Um, I don't think they're going to get one at ninety seven. I think maybe 
you know, bought a course is their highest guy. Maybe you could count West Virginia as a, a part of Southern Pennsylvania. And you could throw no Adams no, in there. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, and then heavyweight, uh, they ain't getting one at heavyweight. Sorry, bro. Hey, you know, we should talk about Colton Schultz tomorrow. He had quite the weekend. He has moved himself yes, into in the rankings. He has a tremendous afro. Um, and he might not win pretty, but this man does win a lot. Uh, and so I think we should start, you know, seeing seeing him in that upper echelon of guys at heavyweight. Yeah, he definitely will now. You know, that was our our biggest thing. Was just, I mean, last year he wrestled like four matches, and I think yes. all of them were against either non D one guys or non starters. And then this year, he was supposed to have these two matches like a month earlier. Things got postponed. Um, yep. But he beats Brian Andy, twelve champ, and then. Gannon Grimmel and Carter Isley as well. So yeah, he, he's he's on a roll and like you said, it might not be the prettiest thing, but it's gonna be tough to score on him. He could stand in there and hand fight and, and, and go toe to toe with these guys because of Greco background. Um, I'm interested to see him against a, a even like a stencil and Cassiope and Paris and, and Gable. Sure. I feel like Paris and Gable maybe are just a little, I mean maybe I'm short selling Colton, but. They're freaking really, really good. Uh, I mean, they're like yeah. they're good for not for the NCAA, but for the world. They're good. Um, right. Yeah. They're world so, class. Excited to see it. Yes. Uh, hey, can we wrap it there? I got, I got to, you know what? I yeah. got to gotta go work these hands. I got to go box. I got a, I got a world <laughs> champ in town. Uh, I worked out with him yesterday. He, it was, he was tremendous. So, you know, some guys, you don't know how they're going to coach. And he was, um, and he, he broke it Who down. It? it was, it was awesome. Uh, so his name is Cornelius uh, Bundridge, but he goes by K9. So, um, oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. He said, you can't, you can't be up in the hood calling yourself Cornelius. People want to fight you. So I had to come up with a good <laughs> name. So K- K9 was his name. All right, man. You go work those hands so you can silence Jake Paul. Like everyone in the wrestling world wants you to. We'll be back tomorrow. We don't know where we'll be doing it from. We don't know who will be on. Godspeed to CP, who is driving across America right now. I hope you all are safe and warm where you are, too. We'll talk to you tomorrow.